friends, it's Stephanie Hansen. I'm excited to partner with Greater Fergus Falls throughout the summer to meet a few of their makers and help you explore and discover the collaborative and exciting entrepreneurial community they have up in Fergus Falls. If you're interested in entrepreneurship, we invite you to explore what Fergus Falls has to offer and start making connections at greaterfergusfalls.com. I'm Natalia Bowman, Managing Director of Greater Fergus Falls, a nonprofit economic development organization, and we are pleased to sponsor Meet Your Makers Exploring Fergus Falls. This series showcases just a few of the many unique makers that call Fergus Falls, Minnesota home. Aside from our lower cost of living, variety of recreation and amenities, our community fosters small business growth. If you're interested in entrepreneurship, we invite you to explore what Fergus Falls has to offer. Learn more at greaterfergusfalls.com and grow with us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast. I am Stephanie Hansen, and I'm very excited today to be doing a podcast with Greater Fergus Falls. I've always loved that we can spread the word about all the great makers throughout the state, and Greater Fergus Falls is bringing us some episodes today for their Meet Their Makers series, and I'm excited to be a part of that. Also a part of that is our guest today, Jan Workaw, and she is with Creative Handmade Goods, and it's a store that's up in Fergus Falls that features a lot of local makers. And we're also being joined by Brian Christensen from BC Woodshop, who's one of the featured makers inside Jan's store. Jan, did you grow up in Fergus Falls or how did you decide to land there? I I did grow up here. And then uh, promptly after uh, graduating high school, I left for 37 years and uh, recently relocated. Well, actually, I think now I've been here about six years since I came back. When you came back, what was it about Fergus Falls that drew you back? Primarily, I came back because of family. Um, I have an elderly mother and an older brother that I care for. But also, the um, it's interesting, my husband is a Seattle native, and we had spent quite a bit of time here. And surprisingly, he was not opposed to us uh, coming back and, and making a life here in Fergus. Fergus Falls has a lot of great makers and a great maker community. Were you a maker before you started the store or what made you decide to start Creative Handmade Goods? Yeah, I left my corporate career back in 2010. And uh, since uh, September 2010, I actually have been supporting myself and making my way as a chef and a jewelry maker, and I've dabbled in leather, but primarily ended up becoming a soap maker through a, a, a weird happenstance, the happenstance of, of events. And so we actually, for the last several years, have been making our living uh, selling and, and making and selling soap. Company is Soapworks, right? Soapworks, Soapworks Naturals is our, is our bath and body line, yeah. And so we came here, relocated back to Fergus, and we're just selling at you know, different shows and things like that. And then every winter we have, because there aren't a lot of art shows at Christmas time, but Christmas time is a great time for people to buy handmade items. So five years ago, we decided that we were going to create our own Christmas market. And that was kind of the uh, beginnings of what became the retail shop, Creative Handmade Goods. I love that you just sort of took the bull by the horns because I I work on Arden Bayfront Park in Duluth. And 
that market, it's it's so great because compared to like our Minneapolis, we do Star and Arch Bridge Festival too. And there's 75,000 people that come to that. But Arden Bayfront Park, that festival attracts about 10 to 12,000 people. And the sellers do the exact same in sales because people are so happy to have access to Minnesota made goods and to find new things. They really go there eager to shop because they don't have a lot of this stuff in their town. Yeah, that's something that we hear. In fact, while we were just doing what we call the Holiday Art and Artisan Market is is our annual uh, holiday event. Um, And it runs between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we would hear every year when we were doing the market, well, you guys should do this year round. And wouldn't it be cool if we had something like this in downtown, you know, all the time and that kind of thing. And, and my hesitancy was, it's a small town, it's Minnesota, it's winter, you know, and, and would that really be uh, supported by the community year round? And uh, last September, the, the last days of September, we opened up uh, our larger retail location. We have a, just under 2,000 square feet. And uh, we're finding that, yes, the, the community is supporting us and all of the other makers that we have in the shop. Well, and to open during COVID too, that had to be <laughs> quite a trip. Yeah. Um, so, well, the, the thing is, is we had to pivot our business, right? Because our our primary sales channel prior to um, us opening that, well, we always had a little retail location, but it was never our primary sales channel. Our primary sales channel was always art shows and craft shows and that kind of thing. And, you know, during COVID, obviously none of, we hadn't done anything since March, um, and so when this space became available at the end of July, I was like, well, this is a little bit of, you know, divine intervention here. <laughs> and it's telling me, let's just do this. And so, it, I mean, what else are you going to do during COVID other than just take a big leap of faith? Right. And a lot of makers have been doing that because they've had to find ways to pivot to sell online or to sell in retail, however they can get their products out there. How did you discover Brian, who is our other guest today, Brian Christensen from BC Woodshop? How did you guys meet? So we actually met through Brian's wife, Jenny. Jenny Christensen runs at-home bakery called Penny Cakes. And when we were setting up the shop, I knew of her and knew that she had done some pop-up locations with another one of the the shops here in Fergus. So I contacted her to see if she wouldn't want to have kind of like a temporary permanent location where she could pop up and then got connected with Brian, who incidentally, I was already following on social media and just didn't know that the two of them happened to be husband and wife. Okay. So two makers in your household, Brian, welcome (laughs) to the program. Yes. Thank you. There's the cottage food laws, which the state of Minnesota has done a great job of bringing the ability for people to make products in their home, sell them at farmer's markets or sell them through Instagram, as it were, which is crazy that people are ordering cookies through a social media (laughs) site, right? But how is it having two makers in your home, Brian? Uh, It keeps things interesting for sure. We also have a three-year-old son we're trying to raise, so trying to juggle everything and make it all work is um, always interesting and fun to fun to go through all that. Were you working from the wood shop full time, or at what point did you decide to make this more of a retail endeavor? So I actually am still just part time with the wood shop. I do have a full time job as well. Things uh, I think like 
a lot of smaller businesses have found through COVID, people want to keep their money more local. So things have kind of expanded through this time and things have gotten really busy. And working with Jan has been really nice to get more business in the local community. With custom woodworking, it's one of those things where most of my business has been somewhat local, but a lot in like the Fargo areas or down in the cities and a little bit more widespread. And being able to have some of my stuff in a local store has kind of helped with that, helped bring more of it into the Fergus Falls community um, with people shopping here as well. What kind of items do you sell in Jan's store? So in Jan's store right now, I've got um, some French rolling pins, got cutting boards, just a lot of the kind of the smaller items is what I have there right now. At some point, I'd like to be able to put some tables and a little bit larger things in there as well. I know Jan's expressed interest in having some of that there. So um, at some point, I'll expand and do some of that as well. Right now, most of what I do is, you know, kind of some custom furniture for clients. Um, So it's catching up with that, keeping up with that, and, you know, having time to make some of those pieces too. Yeah, I saw a floating cherry wood bed that you did that was real cool. Yes, that was uh, my most recent completed project. And now I've got some dressers and nightstands for that same client as well to work on uh, along with some other stuff. So I love it. When you think about Fergus Falls and what's your background and connection to Fergus? Have you been here, Brian? Um, I've been in Fergus Falls for almost two years now. Um, I grew up in southwestern Minnesota, the Redwood Falls area. So just recent transplant to Fergus Falls, but my wife and I, we've really enjoyed it. Both of us have seen our businesses grow in the area and just the whole community has been very welcoming. And I think they're very welcoming of small businesses. You kind of mentioned something earlier that we saw a lot during the pandemic was that people, the shop local moniker that a lot of us had been talking about for years, it really hit home for a lot of people that shopping local meant supporting local stores, local businesses, local artisans, local makers. And that that meant more than ever when people were struggling to survive and people were struggling to keep their businesses going. Jan, did you get a lot of people that shopped the store like for holidays because of like I bought all local gifts for the first time ever? Yeah, we heard that a lot from folks coming into the shop is I'm doing all of my Christmas shopping local this year. And I think obviously part of that was because they couldn't go anywhere else, which was great. But <laughs> but we did. And we still hear that. Um, we still hear um, that people are interested in, and especially with our concept, because we're not just a local maker and a shop ourselves, but we do support all of our 40 makers. They're all within 20, 25, 30 miles of Fergus Falls. So not only are they supporting our shop, but they're also supporting all of those uh, other folks as well. And that is really something that we hear as a, as a primary factor for people coming in the shop and, 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 so, you know, buying um, items. They're very interested in people's story and, you know, if they do this, this full time and how did they get started, all of those things. Yeah, people really do want to hear the story of the maker and what that looks like. Brian, when you meet people, I mean, you guys are busy because you're working a full-time job. You've got a little kid. You have the side hustles going to. When you meet people and they ask about your business and Fergus Falls, what do you tell them about 
what you do and why being a maker in Fergus Falls is important to you? Let them know that basically I've always enjoyed building things. It's kind of for me with having a full-time job, my my woodworking is kind of my relaxation to an extent. Oh, um, sure. It's something I enjoy doing. It you know helps me de-stress from the day. And um, so obviously I just, I like doing that and I like making people's visions become a reality. So, you know, a lot of people come to me with what they, with an idea, you know, a picture of what they want and just being able to make that into a, you know, usable item for them, you know, something functional that's going to last for, for years and generations is, you know, kind of really what I like to be able to do. When you hear about makers and makers markets and uh, the local business community, do you think having a business in Fergus Falls is different than other small towns? I think that Fergus Falls has a reputation um, as being an arts community. And I think there is, for folks especially who are aware of the arts community vibe that Fergus has here, they're definitely looking for something like a maker's market because it's just just a natural, the natural progression of, uh, you know, being an arts community is to have that art then available for for sale. Yeah. And why do you think Fergus is attracting artists and makers? Well, I think part of it is, I mean, it's a very affordable community. It is, you know, not it, it, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere, but also not that far from civilization. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's only two and a half hours to the cities. It's an hour to Fargo. It's, it's really, uh, and yet, the, you know, those, um, those uh, you know, housing markets and that kind of thing are, are out of reach for a lot of people. Yeah. And Fergus is just a, is just a kind of a nice location. We got the proximity to the lakes and and um, it's just a, it's kind of just a good fit for folks who want a slower pace of life, but yet not too far away from uh, what I always kid about being civilization. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My brother-in-law and his family are Fergus natives. So we talk about Fergus a lot. And I was so excited to be able to share the stories of some of the makers because there's a lot of great food that's coming out. You mentioned, Jan, that you were a chef. There's a lot of great uh, food makers that are coming out of your area. And I think, you know, the more we can invite people into the maker movement, whether it's their side hustle or becomes their full-time entrepreneurial job, the more jobs we can create through local business and through local products and through ordering local goods, we have a much more sustainable economy than just calling up Jeff Bezos. Right. I, and the, it's definitely, I, I, you know, I've lived in a lot of big cities. I've lived in Chicago, I've lived in Seattle, I've lived in Dallas, you know, I've lived in a lot of, you know, large cities over my, the, the course of my professional career. And I, it, it, that convenience factor of, you know, the, the, you know, just point and click is really nice. And it sometimes it does show up in two hours, depending upon where you are. Um, it, but it's, it's back again to the, the stories and the, the connection to the person. And that really, I think, is what sets those maker markets and um, local entrepreneurs apart is the, is the story. Because people really, they really want to hear those stories. Uh, Brian, for your business, do you consult with people on if they want custom projects or do you have kind of each product is made for that particular person or do you, how do you go about putting together your business plan? 
Um, so most of my stuff is custom made for that person, uh, like you're saying. So like like I was saying earlier, someone will come with me, come to me with an idea, a picture of what they want, um, and I'll just kind of go from there, work with them on, you know, kind of figure out exactly, um, you know, what they want out of this product and how how we need to make it to fit what their needs are. Um, there are some items and some products that I have, like the stuff through Jan's store, that basically those are you know, kind of, I batch those out and make those all, all the same throughout. And, um, so they're all at a certain price point, but otherwise, you know, with, with the custom stuff, it's, you know, getting in contact with the, you know, the customer contacting me and kind of working through the process. So we come up with a price and come up with, you know, what kind of wood they want, what kind of, um, stain or finish we need to put on the project. And I'm just impressed with anyone that. that can make a drawer. like the sheer idea of making a drawer that works and and all the angles that would go into that there's a lot of time spent in all of it and getting the getting the whole process figured out that's for sure if you were a maker listening to this program and there are many that are and you wanted to invite them to come check out fergus falls what would you say they should do when they come visit your town? Because each of you are going to have a different answer. Brian, we'll start with you. Well, one thing, obviously, is to check out uh, Creative Handmade Goods. Yes. Good. And I mean, there's just all along downtown, there's there's so many great uh, businesses that are are there. And, you know, even more that I that we know of that are, you know, working on opening up um, some new restaurants in town. Uh, new creative spaces. There's the, I believe it's the creation shop, a new sculpture um, shop there that uh, I think definitely, I haven't checked it out yet, but uh, my wife and I definitely want to go check that out for some time and do some of that. Um, just may, I mean, there's, there's lots of stuff downtown. There's stuff even, you know, around that isn't downtown at different restaurants and other stuff to do as well. So. All right, Jan, what are some of your favorite must-dos when you're in Fergus? Well, I've been asked over the over the years, what's a you know a typical like great day in Fergus Falls or a three-day in Fergus Falls or whatever. Um think we have a, a just a, a bunch of unique restaurants. The the dining car steel wheels, which is in an old restored train station. Craig and Anna Gantner have done a wonderful job of restoring that building. And then the bar in there is amazing. And just the idea of uh, eating in a train station. Um, There's a gal who opened up a farm to table with lots of power bowls and fresh juices and that kind of thing called the Fabled Farmer, which um, those are two of my favorite restaurant locations that are unique to our uh, uh, location. And then, you know, we have three breweries in town, which is pretty amazing in a town of 13,000 people that we actually have three breweries. Absolutely. So those are always a, a good visit. And then uh, it, there are downtown several little boutiques and gift shops and those kinds of things. And within a four block radius, you can visit five or six uniquely stocked uh, gifty locations, art shop, creative handmade goods being one of them. Sure. But also there's Liza Jane's, there's the market, there's Victor Lundin. Our friends at Dandelion and Burdock just opened uh, a few months before we did. They do men's and women's clothing. So, and there's a lot of our Sugar Bomb uh, shop, which is a candy and bath bomb shop is opening for the summer. So there's just a lot of fun, interesting non-chain <laughs> stores for folks. And then of course we've got all of our 
trails and and hiking and biking and that kind of thing. And then we have our beautiful regional treatment center, the Kirkbride, which has a great, you know, just like a big park in front of it to have a lovely lunch and just kind of sit and chill. So there's a lot of great places and things to do here in Fergus. All right. Well, I feel a day in Fergus Falls in my future, if not a weekend. (laughs) Thanks, you guys, for being my guest. I can't wait to share this episode so that we can kick off the summer and kick off the Meet the Maker series for Greater Fergus Falls. I love that you were my guest today. Brian, good luck with the wood shop. Jan, good luck with Creative Handmade Goods. And I hope that people will visit the store. And if you do, let them know that you heard about it on Makers in Minnesota. Thanks, folks. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Well, that's just one of the many inspiring entrepreneurial stories from Greater Fergus Falls. If you're looking for entrepreneurship, we invite you to explore what Fergus Falls has to offer and start making connections at greaterfergusfalls.com.